Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Um, except Boyd is out today. He will be back tomorrow. You've got me, Leah Murray, and my good friend, Marty Carpenter. So, Marty, um, I'm actually really impressed with this piece of legislation and spoke with Lieutenant Governor, I think, last week or the week before on KSL at night. Um, there is domestic violence, um, and oftentimes I think first responders are not really sure how to respond, right? If you've seen the Gabby Petito video a little bit, you yeah. kind of get what I'm talking about. Um, and so this bill gives, I think, police officers a tool in their toolbox um, to assess the threat level of a domestic violence while they're in it, identifying risk factors to try to lower the rate of domestic violence homicide um, in our state. So we're very lucky, Marty. We've got Lieutenant Governor Deidre Henderson here with us. Welcome to the show, Lieutenant Governor. Thanks, Leah. It's great to be with you and Marty. So you just tell us, um, tell, and I'm like happy that it passed the Senate. So tell us real quick what the bill does better than what I just did, and then tell us how you think it fares going forward. Well, you did a great job. Um, the bill, as you mentioned, does specifically uh, go after targeting domestic violence or intimate partner homicide in the state of Utah um, by requiring law enforcement when they come to a scene where it, where there is intimate partner violence involved, meaning between uh, p- people with a, a dating relationship um, or, or, you know, married couple or previously married couple, um, that that they would be required to ask certain questions. It's called a lethality assessment protocol. And they're just simple questions that get asked. And depending on the answers to these few questions, um, it would, it would uh, identify to law enforcement the level of risk the victim is at of being killed in the future or, or being the victim of violence in the future. Um, and it's actually a, a evidence-based um, it's it's uh, scientifically proven that it's it shows that um, that these questions are a great indicator of future violence. And so if they score high, then law enforcement connects them immediately with victim services, uh, with advocates who can help them understand the danger of their situation and help get them the resources that they need. That's the first thing the bill does. On the yeah, and how do you think it will fare? I mean, it passed unanimously in the Senate, right? So now it goes over to the House. And, and the lieutenant yeah. governor, as a former senator, is going to say, of course it passed unanimously in the Senate, but the House is a whole <laughs> different animal. She knows how to do her job, right? <laughs> so, yeah, right? So it passed in the Senate unanimously. The House can be a whole different animal. What, what are you expecting when it gets over to that chamber? Well, we've been working really hard to, to meet with lawmakers, um, to meet with uh, members of the House now especially, um, and we have really good support. I, of course, I don't want to take anything for granted, um, but we've done a lot of work on this bill. When I say we, I do mean the bill sponsor, Senator Weiler, um, the House sponsors, Representative Ryan Wilcox. There are a number of legislators who have helped in this space. Um, but specifically, I'm talking about two, um, my aunt and uncle, Kent and Shauna Maine, um, who have who lost their daughter, my cousin, Mandy, um, to uh, domestic violence last August. Um, she was murdered by her ex-husband, 
And it was a terrible incident, a shocking incident. There were a few things leading up to that in the days leading up to her murder um, that the police missed. And, and we are not trying to point any fingers or anything like that. But we are, as you mentioned, Leah, we are trying to help law enforcement have better tools. So when incidents happen in one jurisdiction and then they go to another jurisdiction and an and, and incident occurs, there's not any kind of a database that shows immediately um, what has happened in other places in the state. And there needs to be um, that information so that law enforcement can make better decisions and, and have more tools at their fingertips um, to know if, if an offender is escalating, um, if a victim is at high risk. Um, and so th that's what we're doing. And we've actually had lots of meetings throughout the state with law enforcement, with sheriffs, with police chiefs, with judges, uh, with prosecutors, with domestic violence, ad victim advocates, um, and, uh, and really trying to uh, have a collaborative process as we built this bill and, and, and wrote it. And I think that we've struck the right balance. Um, I, I think it has a good chance in the House, and I, I encourage people to contact their legislators, especially their House members now, and, and encourage them to support the bill. Right. So, Lieutenant Governor, I referenced when we started this segment um, the Gabby Petito video, which when I watched just killed me, like as a mom just yeah. killed me, right? And my understanding is her family was in Utah when the bill passed in the Senate. Were you able I think probably to spend some time with them. And what was that like? And what do they think about the work that you're doing? A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, uh, we, we did have the, 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 the honor of being able to visit with uh, Joe Petito, Gabby's dad, and um, Nicole Schmidt, her mother, um, and my aunt and uncle were able to visit with them as well. We spent a good deal of time with them yesterday. Um, it means a lot that they would come out here from Florida to support this bill. They believe that this sort of... Uh, a lethality assessment, if it had been conducted on, on Gabby, that it could have saved her life. Um, because, you know, it, part of the bill and part of the lethality assessment is officer training. Um, if, if officers don't know what to look for, what signs to look for, how to ask questions, what questions to ask, then they may miss things that they otherwise would, would, would catch. And, and so we just, we need better training for, for law, law enforcement officers in this space. To um, require them to do it. So right now, about half the law enforcement agencies in the state of Utah, maybe a little more than half, voluntarily perform lethality assessments in these situations. But then the other, uh, you know, almost half of them don't. And you'd be surprised by some of the ones that don't and still don't to this day. So that's that's what this law will do is it will require it. Of course, Gabby Petito's parents are very supportive of that. They've been working really hard um, in other states to try to enact some some uh, changes to law that would help save lives. And like me, they believe that this law could be a game changer here in the state of Utah. It's interesting, too, one of the comments that they made when I asked them how they've been doing since Gabby's death um, they, they mentioned that the process is just really slow. 
And it was interesting because I had the opposite conversation with my aunt and uncle who said, wow, this is going so fast. We just never dreamed that we could get something done this quickly. So I think we're very well positioned here in the state of Utah to make a change for the better that will help prevent in the future some of these instances, these horrible instances of intimate partner violence and, and, and homicide. Lieutenant Governor, is this legislation modeled after something that's been done in any other state? Are we doing anything uh, different than maybe what's been done in other states, advancing on anything that they've they've put into place? And how have we seen uh, positive results uh, out of any legislation that may have been in other states? Well, I, I, I don't know how many states have required law enforcement to conduct lethality assessments, but I, we do know that those uh, agencies and those states that do um, that do these, they really make a difference. Um, so we are, we, we're basing ours largely off what's called the Maryland model. Maryland was the state that came up with these specific evidence-based questions. And they're questions like, um, has, the, has the, this person ever tried to choke you before? Um, has, has this person threatened to kill you before? Are you afraid of this person? Have you uh, recently separated or divorced? You know, questions like that. And there are certain questions, if they answer yes to even one of them, like has this person ever tried to choke you or has, have they threatened you, um, that automatically risks them high at high risk of lethality. And then if they answer several of the other questions, um, then then they would be ri- uh, scored with a high uh, risk assessment um, and, and connected with services. So we, we have seen this work. This, this does work. In fact, as I've gone around the state, talked to law enforcement agencies who already perform these, they can see that it works. The, the piece that we are doing that I think is unique in our state and, and should be a no-brainer, I don't know why we haven't done it before, is connecting all of the dots. So having that data collection and analysis and data sharing at the state level just for law enforcement so that they know if this offender has had um, incidents in other jurisdictions throughout the state, um, they, they can know that right there on the scene instead of having to maybe go back and look in a whole bunch of different places and, and, and uh, try to figure out if this perpetrator is, is high risk or is escalating. And they'll have that information at their fingertips. Lieutenant Governor Deidre Henderson, thank you so much for joining us today, and good luck. I hope the bill just sails through the House. Thank you. Okay. So, Marty, I just, right, this one just hits me, right, where I live, and I I agree, right? I feel like this is, it's not being mean to law enforcement. It's giving them a tool they didn't already have, and clearly they need to do the work of serving their communities better. Right, because you can only expect law enforcement to show up and make the the decisions and the reactions based on their training and the tools they have available, That's right. their assessment of the situation. That's so right. the more information you have heading in to assess the situation, the better. The better off, right? That's and right. so and it sounds like law enforcement is generally supportive of this as well. So yeah, it seems like a if it went I was just giving her a hard time about the house, you know. <laughs> you feel like maybe <laughs> you just it's know a no brainer. Those, those yeah. former senators, maybe someone's a nay just because of that. But this this seems like one that especially if there's been some uh modeling in other states or where we've been able to see it in, in place uh, most likely going to move through. All right. So after the break, let's have a conversation about whether the United States is considering sending F-16s to Ukraine. And does that mean World War Three? A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. 
started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.